When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh yes, it is time once again for the Marketing Geeks. You've been waiting, and now we are back. That's right. Hello, this is Andros Sturgeon. And I am Justin Womack. And together, we form the supergroup known as the Marketing Geeks. Thank you. <laughs> we uh we are this is our second episode so we uh we just want to thank everyone who uh listened to our last first initiatory uh broadcast it was a mighty success wasn't it it was and we've been bombarded with uh, a bit of fan mail recently oh my so God, uh, it's, yeah, thank back you, off people come on yeah, yeah. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about all things marketing and all things geeky so we are uh we are, we love marketing we love being geeky and uh it's uh it is now time to uh go over uh the week and uh what have you been doing all week man tell me tell me you saw you have a you have a a, a spoiler free movie review for us don't you <laughs> i i do another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, we can we can get into that. But first, let me just let me just talk about some things going on um, with my my tech business, my Internet marketing business. So uh, so as you guys know, I, I run a um, I run my own freelance um consulting and internet marketing kind of company and my uh i've had some computer issues this week and i, I was just talking to uh talking with you about that andres before we got recording here but i, I think i'll bring on the show here i uh i have a lot of you know backup computers and they all seem to be malfunctioning at the same time but it's a good thing i have even more backups so i have backups for my backups which is keeping me afloat but I, my laptop last week started getting the blue screen of death error. And if you don't know what the uh, the famous BSOD, blue screen of death, when you get that, you are in a lot of trouble. And some of your pretty much the only option I'm probably going to have is rebooting the computer with uh, with Windows. Uh, but it's it, it's been a bit of a nightmare. And my other computer, the fan went out, so now it's overheating like every two seconds, and that one's not going to be operational. But you know, now I'm on computer number three now. And this is why, for any business owner, you should always carry three computers um, at all times. That's right, in your back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly correct. <laughs> carry them, carry them in your wallet, one in your wallet, one in your back pocket. So yeah, no, it's a it's a good idea. And you know, one of the things I really lament, I I was a big fan of uh, Amazon for a short while. Had this unlimited storage data storage uh, for fifty nine ninety nine. You could store as much data as you wanted on their servers. So I used that as my backup until one day they just said, "Oh, we're not going to do that anymore." And um, 
next thing I knew I had like terabytes of stuff that I had uploaded that uh, I just kind of left there. And, you know, it's funny because it was, it was almost like, uh, you know, when I moved, I left all that shit in your garage. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Still there. No. And, and what I'm probably going to end up doing is just say, yeah, pretty much throw out everything at some point in the near future. And I don't, cause I don't even know Like I know there's a few things that I want, but I, I can't even think about what those things are. And so it, it, it's like anything else. Like just, you know, when I moved to the Netherlands, I, uh, I sold everything. I got rid of everything. I gave a bunch of shit to you. And there was, uh, including my favorite stand-up desk, and, but uh, but there was a part of me that, as that was happening, I was like, "Oh God, I, I really, I really don't want to let this stuff go," you know. But at, I now, as I look back, I don't, I couldn't even really place anything that I lost in that, except you got my my good sound equipment, which at some point I, I do. I have I have your Zoom, which is my Zoom now because of uh, the law of uh, how long I've had it. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I told you, I told you it was on, you know, on indefinite loan until I come to get it, but uh, <laughs> until I come for it. Yeah, I hope. Uh, yeah, no, what you're what you're talking about though is is so true, and that's, I mean, if you think about like the storage industry, the storage business world, they bank on exactly what you're talking about. People have emotional connections to, to things, but when you separate somebody from their stuff, and you know, um, for me, I had a. I had a bad car accident four years ago where I was in the the hospital for why months. Why don't you, why don't you tell and, for those for those of, of of you who don't know? This is a pretty wild story. Do you mind sharing this story because it's yeah, it's quite something. I I, I, I will. Um, but let me let me just let me just get to the, let me keep it on track here, and then I will go back and and talk more about the story. But I, I don't know if the, I want to hear it or anybody else at that point. So, <laughs> so it's okay. Yeah, we can move on. We can move on. <laughs> the point the point I'm trying to make is you know when I'm when you're in the hospital and you know all your um your life is kind of hanging in the balance you don't think about like oh crap I really wish I had my my uh my Zoom audio recorder like at my bedside right now or I really wish I had my uh, my Lego set from when I was a child or my I wish I had my thousand book collection sitting right next to me by my bed I mean these are these are things that it's um and I don't know if it's like a psychological barrier because we know what we paid for these items and it's like, oh, I can't just get rid of them because I paid this. So, uh, I'm losing uh, like a fear of missing out. I'm going to lose all that if I if I get rid of it. But it's it's kind of crazy. And I, I, and I still struggle with this even though I'm like consciously aware that I'm being a bit of a hoarder in some respects. <laughs> but yeah. it's, uh, it's crazy because – because yes, I have no need for the stuff. Like half the stuff sits in my garage, even my own stuff, and then I haven't even looked at it in two years. But it's still there. And I, if you already give me like a rational reason why it's there, I can't really tell you. Yeah, so, yeah I, 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 it's the I, emotional. I <laughs> yeah, and so so when I moved when I moved to the Netherlands, um, which happened uh, pretty much after the Trump inauguration, Trump Trump was uh, elected. <laughs> And then I spent a long time, like everyone else, going, what am I going to do? I have a three-year-old son. Do I want to, like, you know, raise him in this environment? Um, and, uh, and uh, yes, I am a left-leaning commie pinko, so say what you will, trolls. Um, but uh, when he got inaugurated, I, I decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out the Netherlands. My, uh, my, my wife is Dutch, and so I thought, okay, I'll just – I'll, I'll go visit, see what that's about. I fell in love with it. And uh, a few months later, I literally like just got rid of everything. I came here with two suitcases. And one of those suitcases had my computer in it. The other one was just like whatever clothes I was going to bring 
uh, and that was it. And I have to tell you, it was uh, it was incredibly liberating. That said, we moved recently to um, a new place, and we still had to pack up a bunch of shit and a bit of a bunch of stuff. And it's it's amazing. It sneaks, it sneaks up on you. It oh sneaks my up on god. You. You know, in uh, in the the uh, uh, the fabulous uh, "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" the novel by Philip K. Dick, who was a friend of my father's, and uh, it, they they made the movie Blade Runner based on that. Uh, there was this nice little touch where in the background there's this uh, commentator who's who has the most popular show in the universe, and he's uh, talking about uh, this thing called Scrapple, and Scrapple is the small bits of paper that you have on your desk. And you have to continuously prune it because Scrapple tends to multiply. And if you uh, if you don't take care of your Scrapple, then uh, it will multiply until it takes over your house, and eventually it will take over the entire universe. So and it will uh, become Scruple. Scruple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that that joke probably was better in your mind before it came out of your mouth. I, I'm. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know either. So I just uh, say random things. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. I do too. Fish, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, so, geek news. Uh, it is rumored that Kathleen Kennedy may be replaced uh, with uh, due to her debacle with uh, Star Wars and uh, her handling of the Star Wars franchise. Because one must admit. The Star Wars franchise uh, has been mishandled. And when when it was um, decided that they would take it out of the hands of George Lucas and give it to someone responsible, uh, it, it uh, I had no idea that, that they were going to basically run it into the ground. And so the latest news is that Kathleen Kennedy, who's been running the Star Wars franchise for years now, may be replaced. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I haven't even I actually haven't even read that uh, that story yet, but it makes it makes a lot of sense. I mean, after after the debacle that is Solo, something's got to change because that. I mean, first of all, no no movie studio likes to lose you know a hundred million dollars plus on a on a major franchise tentpole, and um, and with the with the direction, I mean, there's really after the last Jedi, they've pissed off their core fan base. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of these fans will you know never ever abandon star wars but there's there's going to be a chunk that uh that are kind of fed up and they've had it they've had enough so i get i understand a little bit about the backlash and i get it but it is it is crazy how you take a franchise that's like pretty much un i mean it's hard to screw it up it's It's unkillable and they're they're almost killing it and you know after the force the force awakens was a huge success too that wasn't that wasn't the problem uh, I mean, it, it, I think that movie has its own problems and that it's not original, but it, uh, that wasn't the problem. It was, it was really the last Jedi and solo that are really taking the, taking the ship off the wheels, and, uh, the wheels off. Them. I was actually <laughs> a fan of, uh, of the last Jedi. Actually, I actually felt it was a very powerful movie because the movie was all about uh, failure, but then it is also a movie that as I look back at it, it felt, um, I don't know. I mean, you know what the trouble was? It was really, and I think we talked about this last week, uh, when they when they started off on it, J.J. Abrams started with like a premise. And when he turned it over to Rain Johnson, he basically said, do, do what you will with it. And there was no real like discussion about how there'd be a three movie arc. It was just kind of, I don't know, it was all so random. I a uh, little disappointed. So here's the interesting thing about the, the Kathleen Kennedy thing. 
um, no one wants that job. They're having trouble because, first of all, you got to have a lot of experience to run that kind of franchise, uh, run Lucasfilm, because it's also Lucasfilm is also uh, Indiana Jones, which obviously they're going to reboot um, and uh, and some other franchises. But uh, that is like think about running Lucasfilm, like the amount of weight and pressure that must be, you know? Yeah, it's. No, I mean, and then Disneyland is launching, and Disney World are both launching Star Wars theme parks that are going to be coming out, I think, this year or next year. Yeah. Uh, and those are billion-dollar investments, practically. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of riding. They can't – they really cannot afford to lose, you know, the uh, the fan base on their IP. And think about, like, your Target and your all your stores with, like, baby clothes are just flooded with all these Star Wars labels and Star Wars logos. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. a – it's now, an everywhere franchise, so uh, absolutely. So the, and, and you know, what it's else? almost better to leave it to stop making. They're probably better off stopping making movies if they if they're doing damage than to uh, and just sell the merchandise. Well, know? that's why that's why they they've they've the, the, the standalone movies they're not going to do anymore, and it seems like everything's on hold. But um, and it uh, unbelievably, you know, I, I I Star Wars was like when that came out in 1977. I was seven years old. It changed my life. I mean, I I was. I saw it at the Man's Chinese Theater. Nobody knew what it was really. And I was one of the first people like before anyone really knew what Star Wars was. And I, I, I even had the Star Wars figures that you had to send away for. Do you know about that? Do you know about this whole thing? Like, Yeah, I mean, I, I grew – I mean, so I was I was negative six when Star Wars yeah. came out. I hadn't been born yet. But uh, my brother was born in 1980. And we grew in, you know, he, he, I guess he probably started collecting the action figures earlier on. So I, I don't know how they, how the action figures got to my house, well, but I know that I had all the originals and I have like the job of the hut play set and yeah. all those, and those things are worth a fortune now. Well, going back so. a little bit further, let me, like, this is, this is some interesting little, uh, star Wars, uh, lore. Uh, so the movie came out in 1977 and, uh, while it was being made, they were in the middle of, uh, adding the effects and they hadn't quite finished the effects yet. And so they showed it to the uh, to the people at 20th Century Fox, and they watched it. And without the effects, without the music, uh, you just have kind of this you know wooden acting and not so great dialogue. It really wasn't you know the dialogue wasn't so great. So uh, so the um, uh, the producers are at 20th Century Fox kind of look at each other and they said, well, can we just kind of end the movie here and wrap it up where because they they were still filming it. And uh, they said, can we wrap it up where they save the princess from the Death Star? And George Lucas said, no, they have to blow up the Death Star. And they said, well, you know, we maybe we could be do that in the sequel. And they knew that that they, they felt that movie was going to be a stinker and they were going to lose money on it. So he said, I'll tell you what, I will forego my uh my director's fee you like i'll basically take a cut on my director's fee if you let me have the rights to the sequel and the rights to the star wars toys and they kind of looked at each other and they said oh like there's going to be star wars action figures and so they gave it to him and uh then when the the star wars uh when star wars finally came out and it was a huge hit uh they were suddenly like inundated with everybody wanting star Wars toys. So the only way that you could get them because they had to sell them right away was uh, you had to mail away for it. So you basically went to the toy store and you got a voucher. And this is what I did. I went and I got the voucher and then you sent away for it. And they send you this, like the four star Wars action figures in the mail. 
And uh, I got one of those and you opened it up and it was like, there was Luke Skywalker. It was like, it, like that, that was kind of a whole new thing. Um, and if, if I had kept that and just kept it sealed, that the first Star Wars action figures, that is worth uh, about as much as uh, uh, probably a couple of Bitcoin. So if I true. Go back- when you let, you let it touch air and when you let it touch air, then the value goes down. Yeah. When you let it get into the hands of a seven-year-old uh, who's a Star Wars fanatic. <laughs> but had I, had I known, I would have gone back in time. I would have bought a bunch of those, uh, sold them all for Bitcoin, bought Bitcoin when it was $35 a coin, and then sold them all in uh, last November. Uh, and, uh, and while we're time traveling, I also would have uh, written a <laughs> album and then sued Michael Jackson for all the money. I don't know. If yeah, you could, this, this let, me, let me ask you something. If you could go back in time, what would you do? That's a good. That's a good question. I mean, my my initial my initial thoughts would be I'd go uh, make some serious cash with uh, either investing or <laughs> or winning the lotto several times over. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd probably or bring you know bring the sports almanac with me and pull it back to the future too, and then become the the future Biff, which. Uh, which we kind of, uh, you know, it's funny. There's a lot of comparisons to uh, to that movie in the current uh, administration in the White oh, House. I, was, <laughs> I thought you were going to say a lot of similarities between you and Biff, but you know, I don't see it. That too. I don't I, see I, it. I, no, no, that too. No, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely Biff 2.0. I'm just the calmer. I'm just the calmer version. But just wait. Just piss me off. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> just you wait. So, uh, so uh, I'd like to give a spoiler-free review of uh, The Incredibles 2 because I have a small child. And, of course, when you have children, you – I mean, you're going to see fucking children's movies that you you just – I can't wait. Oh. My God. My, I mean, I, my, I have, you know, I have nephews. I have, um, I have two nephews and I have a niece and I, I went to my niece's house over the holidays and we watched the Smurfs, which I don't know what it is. The one with Justin Timberlake in it. Yeah. And we had to watch that movie like five times and I was only there for like three days. Oh, the horror. I can, I can only, I can only imagine what's coming for me and the payback for what I put my parents through watching Ninja Turtles every single day and the Ghostbusters TV animated show and all those. <laughs> but you know what, you know what though? Here's, here's the, this, the kids shows admittedly are getting very, very good. Uh, and, uh, and Steven universe and uh, adventure time are exemplary. They are, they are so good. They are just the, they are unbelievably good shows. And so you'll have all of those. You'll have, um, some of the shows on Netflix, like the one by uh, Guillermo del Toro, Troll Hunters, uh, that's, that's a, it's a great show. And so uh, there are – and you know, when we were kids, there wasn't a lot of kids' movies. And now um, some of them are really good, which leads me to Incredibles 2. If you haven't – Well, the, the prop, real quick, the problem with a lot of the TV shows that I see out there, the, uh, at least like my, my nephews, my brother's kids, they watch uh-huh. the Disney Channel a lot. Oh, God. And it, sometimes, sometimes the, it's so lazy on those channels because they just – bank on their uh, their ip they're like oh we have donald duck so the show or we have mickey mouse so nobody cares what the quality of the show is we'll just put out crap and everybody will love it because of the characters okay so, are you uh, are you ready are you are you ready for, i'm ready you, i'm ready okay this is because before i get to my incredibles uh review i want to talk a little bit about disney and i'm going to give you my disney rank so my, my disney rant so hold on hold on i'm 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 okay I will, let me warn you, I am a shareholder. I have like okay. three or four shares. Hold on, hold on, just, so. hold on, just moving this over here. I'm, I'm putting my soapbox. Okay, I got my soapbox. I'm standing on my soapbox. 
Are you ready? Did you catch that though? Did you catch that? I am a shareholder. I own like four shares of Disney, so I, 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 I might be at a conflict of interest here. So I, I heard that. So, so full, <laughs> full disclaimer: Justin owns stock of Disney. Um, so first of all, uh, every single Disney film—not every single, but basically fr- from the inception of Disney to now, for the most part, with few exceptions, every single Disney film and TV show on Disney Channel. The mother is either dead or absent, right? So, you know, mm. Bambi, uh, you know, Cinderella, uh, you have uh, the little mermaid, Lion, Lion King. Lion King. Uh, the mother actually is there, but she's completely ineffectual. Like, where's Simba's mother during that whole thing, right? She's, you see oh, her. Right, yeah. yeah. So, so the mother is either dead or absent. In the Disney Aladdin, shows, is he an orphan? Is he an orphan he, in Aladdin? He's or? an orphan and she has her dad, but no mother, right? So every single Disney character, the mother is either dead or absent, which means that uh, the little girls who want to be princesses, they don't want to be queens. They want to be a princess because they have all the power and none of the responsibility. And the only way that they can be complete is to find a man to complete them. Meanwhile, in the Disney shows, think of Hannah Montana, think of iCarly, think of all these other Disney shows that exist. Again, mother is either dead or absent, right? And what they do have is they have friends that they kind of hang out with, and they're so snotty to each other, especially these Disney shows. The way that these characters interact and talk with one another is so bratty and so unbelievably harsh that the kids who are watching this start to act like them. They're totally disrespectful. And there's, again, no mother. The mother's dead or absent. So you think Hannah Montana, for instance, where you have this strong father figure where Hannah Montana kind of flies off the deep end, does something dumb, and then the dad is there to kind of reel her in and talk some sense into her. Well, unfortunately, most little girls do not have dads like that. Right. So they behave like these little girls, but they don't have the dad character to reel them in. And then, as is with a lot of these Disney products like Hannah Montana, Britney Spears, uh, you know, even going back to Annette Fonicello, you have them become slowly sexualized. So then they become these sexual objects. So as their careers take off and they go from being cute and these little girls are following the behaviors of these uh, young women and then they become sexualized. They still continue to follow that behavior pattern, but they don't have a father to reel them in. So they end up acting like them. And and then, of course, this leads into the whole porno culture that we have where porn is uh, freely available. I'm not knocking porn. I'm I'm an avid porno watcher myself, but I don't I don't want my 13 year old stepdaughter watching it. Right. So, yeah. uh, Yeah. So 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 the, the point is, is that. Uh, the erosion of the the the, the like the strong female sense of self has been partly uh, because of Disney, where where women expect to have their prince come and save them and make them whole, make them complete by waiting for their prince to come. Uh, in The Little Mermaid, she gave up her whole life simply so she could be with this guy who she falls in love with in two seconds, right? And so, when- so what's what's the impact here? So so you, I mean so. Let's say let's say that Disney is doing this on purpose, or back then they were anyway. Before, um, you know, back in Walt Disney's time. So, what what's the what's the end game? The end game is to erode the uh, empowered women, and that, my friends, is why they call it Disney programming. Oh, I like that programming. Yeah, yeah. So um, now, some of these exceptions, of course, are some of the Pixar movies, which uh, which have very strong balanced. Uh, characters. 
And uh, uh, that leads me to The Incredibles. So did you see the, the first Incredible? I did. Uh, I don't really remember it. It's only it's one I checked out like once. And I, I remember enjoying it and liking it. I, I've never been someone that's, you know, reconsumed uh, Disney movies other than like the ones I grew up with, which were like Lion King and Aladdin. The other ones I don't really watch over and over again. So I've seen it, but I, I don't recall all the details. Yeah. I remember liking it. That's well, all I can tell you. Well, buddy, you're going to be watching a lot of these things. So you got to know, you got yeah. to separate the wheat from the chaff. You know what I'm saying? So uh, The Incredibles is a really good one. I, I mean, keep keep your son away from all other Disney films. Uh, the Pixar movies are great. Uh, I, I showed my son, uh, uh, I, he when, when everybody was watching Disney films, Moana was fantastic. That was probably my one of my favorites. Because uh, it didn't have that dynamic, and uh, she she was ri- being raised to be a a, a a a queen and not a princess. Um, and The Incredibles is about you know a family of superheroes, and they they have this t- they have their troubles, but they're it's it gets into midlife crisis and being uh, you know a family and how to deal with all of it. It's it's really well done. Um, and, uh, and the Incredibles two is equally matched, uh, directed by Brad Bird, who, uh, did some live action stuff, but the Incredibles is two was equally as good. And, uh, I, I highly did Brad Bird, is he, did Brad Bird do the sequel? He did. He did do the sequel. He did. Okay. He also, he did the mission impossible. The, uh, I think it was the fourth one. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. I don't know which one was that. Ghost protocol. That rogue. Maybe? Yeah. Ghost Protocol, yeah. that was the one. Yeah, but uh, anyway, really talented, uh, and 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 it, it was it was sheer enjoyment. Uh, I loved every frame of that movie. I would have to say that Incredibles two is probably one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, and and one of one of the ways that you can really tell if a movie is um, uh, has strong female characters is something called the Bechdel uh, test. And uh, it's the Bechdel test is a is a is a way to evaluate the betrayal of women in media, and so it uh, you, you what you have to do is you have to to look at how a uh, uh, the females are portrayed in a particular piece of media, and if uh, it features two women talking to each other, uh, they have to talk about something other than a man. So a lot of media, if two women are in the same room, they're just talking about a man. They, that piece of media has failed the Bechdel test. So um, that's a that's a cool way to determine whether or not something actually has some balanced uh, uh, female characters. In The Incredibles and The Incredibles Two, the female characters are very strong and they have good dialogue and good motivation. You look at something like uh, The Little Mermaid or Sleeping Beauty or any of these other uh, Disney properties. Uh, failure on every level of the Bechdel test. So there you go. I'm going to now here, here I'm moving my soapbox. I'm getting off the soapbox. My rant is done. Thank you very much, everybody. Very, very powerful stuff. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I do think we should probably talk about some marketing topics. I mean, we're talking about how Disney markets to the world. So we are tying this in into marketing. We're talking about the, uh, the way that they've influenced culture and society uh, through these movies that have, you know, infiltrated beyond just pop culture, they're in like, they're in your homes, uh, all this information. So well, they're everywhere. Uh, th- this is interesting. And let me ask and you this, this goes into, yeah, because yeah, this, go this ties into it. So, so, uh, uh, have you noticed, and I want to know if anyone else has noticed this, uh, when I was a kid and Star Wars was out, everything was about the rebel Alliance, right? It was all about like, nobody wanted to be caught dead, uh, 
uh, siding with the empire. Why? Because the empire was evil. But have you noticed that a lot of the marketing around the Star Wars franchises seems to deal with the empire and pictures of Darth Vader? And have you noticed that? Is it just me that, that, that the rebel stuff seems less pronounced than the empire stuff? That's interesting. I've never really thought about that too much, but yeah, I mean, as from a character standpoint, I mean, Darth Vader, who is the the bad of the bad, is probably the most popular character to come out of that entire franchise. I mean, in terms of merchandise sold and T-shirts, other than I mean, Yoda, Yoda does sell a lot of uh, a lot of merch too. I see a lot of Yoda uh, Yoda T-shirts and things like that. That's interesting. Um, no. So what impact would that have? I mean, I mean, I'm gonna say I know I haven't really thought about it, but um, so the fact that they're they're marketing for the uh, for the empire, do you think that's uh, that's keeping people associated with the establishment, or what? What is your take on that? I don't know. I, I don't know if it's the 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 cart leading the horse or the horse leading the cart. I mean, is it the fact that uh, because you know Disney doesn't market stuff unless they know it's going to sell? Do are people more interested in empire stuff because? the United States is turning into something much like the empire or is Disney pushing the, uh, I don't know, pushing the needle just a little bit to make people. Well, I, I would argue that this, this has been going on longer than the last couple of years. So, I mean, I've seen that <clears throat> the empire marketing stuff has been more than just the last Jedi. I mean, that's been going on for a while. I've seen the, the t-shirts well, of course. like join the, yeah. join the empire, yeah. you know, recruiting all that. So it's like, so. yeah, but it, it, it's interesting because a lot of the marketing is like, you know, you know, choose a side, you know, and it, that's like some of the, they have these games, like which side are you on? And when I was a kid growing up, I, I, I remember it being like, there was no question. Of course you're going to be with the rebels. Of course you're going to be with the side of good. No one would choose to fight with the empire unless you're a psychopath. So is it that that we are now a, a, a culture of psychopaths, or is it more that? I don't. I, these are all rhetorical questions. I don't have. Any. It's like it's all right. So well, you've seen season one of Westworld. So uh, let's look at like the the Westworld question here. So um, the the idea behind that show is that you've created a park where people can can go out and live out their villainous fantasies. Well, without the repercussions and consequences, right? I mean, that's kind of like what the movie The Purge is about, too, which is a crap. I mean, like kind of a, not a great movie, but uh, concept-wise. Uh, so I, I do think that people like to simulate being villains, and, and some of that might leak over into real life. But uh, I, I do think that there is more of an attraction that if, if people can – People want to be villains, but they also don't want the consequences that goes along with it. So I think that's what we're seeing here is they're little living out their little fantasies. And does that makes sense to me. Oh, yeah, totally. Except, well, my take is that if I could go to Westworld, I would might go on an adventure, but I'd probably spend a lot of time in the horror house having threesomes with robots. <laughs> that's just me, but I'm a dirty dog. And, that's, and, you know. and if you watch the last episode, uh, that, that wasn't considered cheating because uh, you had that conversation in advance. So. That's right. That's right. And, and uh, that's right. And still, I, I, I still can't get an answer from my wife, you know, so if, if, so if it's a robot, but it's artificially intelligent and let's say I download a piece of software into that particular robot, but it's, it's your algorithm. Uh, but I, I'd like to spend more time with <laughs> Again, just, you know, whatever. <laughs> so uh, marketing, yeah. man. Uh, uh, well, let's talk Disney. Since we're talking Disney, yeah. I do want to share a few things. So from a, from a marketing standpoint with the whole company, 
Uh, Disney has announced recently that they are going to get into the streaming industry. So I actually think this is going to be a very powerful move for them personally, because Disney not only owns all the Disney characters, but they own the entire Marvel universe. They acquired Marvel Studios. So they don't own the, they don't own the comic books, but they own all the movies, uh, at least the ones produced through uh, the, the ones in the main Marvel universe. And they uh, also own Star Wars. So if they were to create a streaming service that featured all the animated kids content, plus you throw in Marvel, plus you throw in Star Wars, yeah. uh, I think they got a juggernaut on their hands. And that uh, so that's hence why I've uh, started acquiring stock. I've been buying very slowly, but I, I, I do believe that the company is going to have some big growth because if you look at like Netflix and, the, and their expansion, it's going to – Disney getting into streaming will only hurt Netflix, and it'll it'll help Disney, oh, yeah. especially with their built-in market. And they've got, you know, uh, they're also going to undercut the price. So they've they've, they've announced that they're going to start the price down to like five or six bucks a month uh, when it when it launches. And then, I mean, it'll probably creep up there, I'm sure. But it'll uh, they're going to get, you know, they're going to start low and acquire market share, and then and then they'll be like surprise. Well, yeah, of course, twenty dollars a month, of course, especially when <laughs> when some of the shows, you know, because. Uh, uh, the Game of Thrones guys are going to be doing a Star Wars show for that network. Um, and just to update, know that. Okay. you know, they, 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 the uh, Fox uh, was just acquired by Disney. Originally, they were going to offer $53 billion with a B uh, for it. And then Comcast stepped in, the most loved uh, company in America. Oh, I actually love, love, and I, love Comcast. I worked for Comcast for six years. And I, I one of these days, I'll, I'll lay out the story of Comcast because I know some inside shit. But uh, um, uh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. But that's a huge other video library that they'll have for their streaming network. But, uh, which the the, uh, the Fox, they own Fox. They They're getting Fox. all the movies, right? right? Exactly. So they they can they can take that whole video library, put that on the streaming service. That's a that's a good start. I mean, you take Disney. Yeah. The kid. They already have all the kids content plus the 20th Century oh Fox movies it's plus the Marvel Studios decades plus Star Wars decades movies. of material and all the characters and everything. I mean, there's like so much. So, uh, so Comcast was made a bid for Fox uh, for sixty-five billion, and then uh, uh, Disney just just like the other day they came back with seventy-one billion. So they're going to pay uh, uh, you know twenty billion dollars more for it, but they're going to get it. And you know the the thank you thank you Comcast for that. So, Disney says. Well, <laughs> you know it's I, I I'm not a big fan of like these conglomerate mergers that you know because the, at the end of the day the consumer is hurt. However. That said, the fact that the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man and uh, all these other Incredible Hulk, Incredible, like, yeah, well, incre well, well, it's mostly the Fantastic Four. The fact that the Fantastic Four and the X-Men could now be folded into the full canon of the uh, Marvel Universe. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and Deadpool too, actually, technically. Yeah, and 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 you you add that all up, and that to me is going to be kind of worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, that will be. And I mean, they might end up kind of rebooting things um, after Infinity War here. But it, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're going to bring Deadpool in because he's, he's too rated R. He doesn't really fit the, uh, doesn't fit their community. But if they totally like got a new cast for X-Men and, um, and Fantastic Four, then absolutely worth it. Plus the villains they get, they get the Silver Surfer. They get Galactus, which is a big one. Oh my god! I um, mean, the whole there's a lot of villains attached. I think there. it's I mean, and, and strategically, I really do believe that that Disney uh, did this specifically now because they're about to start on this whole new uh, phase of of Marvel movies, right? Because the uh, this you know this phase of Marvel is coming to an end. 
And so they're going to reboot and uh, start. So, yeah, of course, Galactics and the Fantastic Four and pulling all those characters into this next phase. It's perfect. You know, they can they, they, it's, they can do a whole new reboot of the X-Men. And uh, it's going to be it's it gives me shivers to think about it. That said, I do find that the uh, it's going to make for a <laughs> mega evil company. So, yeah, well, you know, at least there's even bigger bads like Facebook and Amazon and Google or, or Alphabet, whatever you want to call them, uh, that are even bigger and than Disney. But yeah, we are having, we're getting to this era. We're going to have like five companies that rule the world. And then whoever comes out on top with the uh, legalization of cannabis. And I, my, my thought on this is that big tobacco, uh, if, especially if they, if they take away the federal ban on, um, on marijuana in the U.S., I think big tobacco is going to destroy a lot of the mom and pop pot shops and just like take over that whole market. But uh, we'll, we'll see. That's uh, what do you t- what do you think about that? I, I am curious how you feel now that uh, like marijuana is legal in several states, including California, where I live. Uh, it's still federally a Schedule One. I think I think it's still Schedule One. Um, so it's 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 a felony um, federally by federal law. Uh, however, the even the Trump administration is talking about potentially repealing that. That may or may not just be rhetoric. Um, but then Canada, Canada just legalized marijuana like last week. So it's now fully legal in Canada. So uh, I, I'm, I'm interested to see if any of the corporations step into Canada because that might for, uh, be like the the telling sign of what will happen in the U.S. when that federal law is repealed because a lot of them are, are holding back. Um, because of the federal law, there the, some of the corporations are holding back on on moving in. Yeah, you know, I, I of course live in a country where marijuana is and has been legal for quite some time, um, and uh, so is prostitution, and uh, so is a lot of other things in this country. Mushrooms are completely legal. Well, they're not completely legal, but uh, you can get uh, you can get you know mushrooms here, and um, and the interesting thing about this country is because. There's no debate about teaching sex ed in school. Like, it's not a big deal. Um, there's not, like, the same sort of puritanical views that there is in, uh, in America. They have some of the lowest rates of teen pregnancy and addiction and, um, you know, drug crimes. And it's, it's really – because I could go into any coffee shop and I can get myself a big fat joint and uh, I can get myself some hash – and, and it's, it's not, it's not a big deal. You know, it's really like, but what's really interesting about it is most of the Dutch people I know, they do not smoke weed. They don't smoke it. So it's not like, it's yeah, it's, it's really. When I was, when I was in college, there was a, a Dutch kid that lived, I guess I'll call him a kid. He was probably 18 or 20, somewhere between 18 and 20, lived next to me. And I thought it was interesting that because of the Dutch, uh, every time they would smoke, they would always make little spliffs right now they call yeah. them what they they're half like tobacco half weed yeah so uh, is that is that what i mean is do, do people not smoke at all or they smoke those or what what do you see over there no, most people most most people don't smoke here they they don't i mean if they do it's like occasional but um i don't i don't actually know that many people personally in my circle who uh who smoke at all and uh you know, it's even though it's legal, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, like anything else, as soon as it's uh, legalized and anyone can do it, the, uh, you know, it, it the, appeal, of, the appeal goes the away. Appeal goes away. And so, uh, you know, again, like here, prostitution is legal. So you have uh, it's not like 
there's, it's, it's non-criminalized. You can just walk to certain areas and there's women in the windows and, you know, you could, you could spend $60 and, you know, not that I, I just know, I just did my reason. I don't. <laughs> You've heard this from a friend of a friend of a friend. But I do know, yes, I do it. know that there is a, a way, I'm not endorsing this in any way, but there's a website. It's called kinky.nl and it's kind of like Facebook for prostitutes. So you could go there and actually just choose like somebody and then just, I mean, it's less than dinner in a movie, right? And you know, everybody knows what's what's going on. I'm not. I'm, hey, look, uh, I, I'm not. I'm not endorsing this or anything. And I, I, I do understand that there's sex trafficking and all of that stuff. I also think that if two grown people uh, just make a decision to have a business uh, dealing where somebody pays money for a service, and uh, and neither one of these people are coerced or pushed into it. Uh, I take more of the uh, libertarian view that you should be able to do whatever you want. And uh, in this country, uh, on the one hand, it's kind of like a libertarian uh, paradise, except for the fact that taxes are very high. But after living here for a year, those taxes really go towards keeping the society great. And it's it's really cool. How's how's medical over there? What is – do you have – how are like the if you wanted to go to a doctor like is it universal healthcare there? Uh, and if and if you if it is, do you have like a, incredible weights or is it fast? If you need to get to a doctor, is that is that um, accessible? Because I'm curious uh, how that happens in other countries. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good question. So the way that it works is that for a family of five, right, three kids, two adults, I pay 350 euro. That's about roughly uh, per year. Per month. per month, 350 uh, euro, which is about about 375 in America for um, for all the kids, and it is the equivalent of a of a decent HMO. It's about the same, same type of waiting time. You, I mean, you know, you, you make an appointment with an HMO, it could take months depending on the on the doctor. Uh, so, but the wait time isn't like you know, and and here's here's the the main thing. This is the main thing with all of it. Uh, the biggest difference is, is that if somebody gets cancer or some real debilitating disease, you do not lose your home because you are sick. That doesn't happen in this country. Uh, I have, yeah, I, I pay uh, $300 a year for uh, my medication. So there's like a copay of up to $300. After that, everything is covered. My dental is included. Uh, and uh, and the other thing is, is that they don't really accept you if you just go in because you're like a little sick. If you're sick, they're like, okay, well, take some aspirin and get better. And if you have trouble breathing, then call us. So a lot of people don't flood the system with uh, with hypochondriac, hypochondriacs types of illness. So, hmm. yeah. It's like, How about, is, col- is college free over there? Uh, it's not free, but I met uh, a kid who is going to one of the, the biggest digital design schools in the, in the country. It's actually one of the best in the world. It's in my old town of Eindhoven. And uh, it's designed for, it's like a design, video game design school, no books. It's all digital, the whole thing. The kid's paying, uh, I think he told me he was paying $81 a month for it. <sighs> That's so that's amazing. It's amazing. Is it is it subsidized or is that just what they charge? No, it's it's everything subsidized. Like yeah, I mean the, the schools here are absolutely incredible. I mean the the schools here are so top notch, and you know I pay I pay forty percent income tax, but on the flip side of that, 
I could send my kid to any school here, and I know this education is going to be absolutely world class. He's going to be learning different languages. He's going to be, uh, you know, really like they, they take education very, very seriously here. And I don't have to worry about some lunatic coming in and shooting him in the middle of class. And 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 he's not going to have to do safety drills for some lunatic coming in. Okay, kids, what do we do if, if someone comes in and shoot your friends? Let's hide under the desk. Hide. I mean, it doesn't exist here. So, uh, yeah. you know. This is interesting. We're getting we're getting into like some political topics here, but I, I do like this. Now, what are the gun laws? So what about gun laws? I mean, are they, um, can you can you open carry there? Can you, uh, do they, are guns illegal? I have no idea. You, no, you can't get into a gun. The Netherlands, I have no... You just can't, you can't get a gun. Okay. You can't. And it's like nobody wants one and because it is more important for people to have a safe society. Uh, and the other thing is this. This is the, the other kind of big difference. The other night I'm, I'm, I'm walking through uh, city center. All the, all the little cities here have kind of a city center where there's no cars. You just kind of walk around from bar to bar. And uh, it's, it, you know, it's really it's, – it's, everyone's getting drunk, but no one's getting hurt. And uh, at this one point, I see these two black kids start to uh, – I'm not getting racial. They just happen to be black. Uh, they, they started like kind of, you know, puffing up their chests and, and going in to fight each other. And out of nowhere, these four cops just like showed up, grabbed the kids and pushed them against the wall. And I was like, uh-oh, what's going to happen here? Like there's a – there's a the American side of me is like – uh-oh, are these kids going to get killed, right? Um, this is what happened. The, the two kids kind of like explained what was going on to the cops. The cops defused the situation. They talked to one kid. They talked to the other kid. They both sent them on their way. And that was it. That was it. I think I lost you. Jay, Justin, are you there? Oh, there we go. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, um, I was, I was refilling my coffee. I put my microphone on mute, and then now I'm back. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> I thought you fell asleep. No, I, God, Andres, this story is great, but it, um, I'm just gonna take a nap. No, I was gonna say, I was just gonna say, um, <laughs> no, it's really, it's really interesting. <laughs> We're talking it's interesting. Part, part of our, yeah, part of our, uh, you know, part of our issues here are, um, I mean, yeah. The, Actually, I don't even want to get into this topic. Let's, yeah, no, <laughs> Let's the, the, short, the short version is this. That like, just, to, just to sum up is this, is that in a situation where in America, if I saw this thing playing out, I, I, I would have – there's a possibility I may have witnessed a murder, right? That could have happened. In this country, I've seen the cops interact with people and the cops, although they have guns, they don't pull them out first thing. And because of that, the kids that, that were approached by the cops, they didn't get freaked out which made the cops calmer and everything was just like, it was just mellow. Right. And, and so it's just interesting. I think, I think America could definitely learn a lot from this country. Uh, and, and yes, I pay higher taxes, but what I, what I get for those taxes is pretty amazing. So um, anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's, let's kind of, Let's let's jump into a, a few tech stories of the week here. Um, I don't know if you've followed this at all, but Instagram has announced that they are exploring the idea of opening up the video feature to be up to an hour um, in length. Huh. So there's a, a feature that would allow for uh, videos. They'd have to be vertical, I guess, for some reason. Yeah. But vertical videos could be up to an hour in length. Right now, they're they're sixty seconds. So um, <clears throat> have you followed that at all, or what's your uh, is that gonna is that just going to 
make them more like Facebook, even though, I mean, I know they're owned they're by, Facebook, by Facebook, but I mean, I mean, look, it's, it's really interesting because when, when Instagram was first, uh, when it was first purchased by, uh, Zuckerberg, he bought it for, uh, $4 billion. And I remember at the time the board was, I think it was even less than it was, that. It was 4 billion. And they, they didn't, they didn't, uh, they weren't happy about it. They were like, oh my God, why are you spending all this money? And uh, today, Instagram is valued at $100 billion. So it's probably the best thing that they ever could have uh, done. I think... I, I, just, I just did some I did some research right here. They were bought for $1 billion. Oh, for $1 billion. In 2012, for $1 billion in 2012. And I do remember the backlash that Zuckerberg took because like, yeah, what is this dumb photo sharing app? Uh, but yes, it was a brilliant brilliant position because now they're they're basically the number two social network behind facebook at this point they're ahead of twitter they have more active users than twitter um despite what you see in on the news it's funny like i, I swear like twitter's like dead except on you know the news yeah yeah <laughs> that's like where you that's where you see twitter um and and they're bigger than you know bigger than linkedin so it, it's amazing purchase. yeah and, and in fact uh my stepdaughter her friends and her that's the instant messaging app they use with one another that's that's how they communicate it's through instagram so uh so in the netherlands is snapchat still a thing in the netherlands is it, is it still a thing it's instagram what's what's happening with snapchat uh they are probably i mean i'm still i'm sure people use it but because instagram has stolen a lot of the thunder uh you know they've they've Basically, they've copied they've copied all the features, and they, the best part about it, or the worst part about it, depending on your outlook, they even use the same name. They're so shameless that they're copying the features. They even gave it the exact same name, yeah. like Instagram Stories. They copied it was Snapchat Stories, then it was Instagram Stories, then it became Facebook Stories, and they're just yeah, it's it's ridiculous how shameless they are copying them. Yeah, but uh, but don't forget that uh, Zuckerberg did make an offer to uh, Evan Spiegel, I think, is the CEO of Snapchat. I think he offered four billion to them, that, or some uh, around that number, to buy Snapchat. They turned them down. So I'm glad. Uh, Snapchat turned down the acquisition. I'm, you know what? I, I, just out of principle, I'm happy that uh, someone told Zuckerberg to fuck off. That that little robot. He's. I swear he's a he's an android. But who's gonna Who's gonna win though? Because if we're looking at this, like Snapchat is seems to be declining. At least uh, from from an optic standpoint, it seems to be on the decline. From what I've seen. Uh, and Instagram and Zuckerberg are just thriving. They're doing okay, except for that, uh, except for that minor hiccup with the uh, with the whole election debacle, which uh, which dropped their stock significantly. But now they've bounced back above where it was pre controversy. So they're not uh, they're not hurting that. Bad. My uh, my guess is that it's going to go the way of uh, you know MySpace, where MySpace still exists. You can still have an account, but it's probably at, at some juncture. There's going to be a new technology, you know, augmented is going to like kind of reinvent everything and some new platform will eventually come online in the next few years and Facebook will be a ghost town. It'll be, you know, it'll be sold for parts like everything else. I mean, that's kind of the way of the world. Uh, I, I don't see Facebook being like a thousand year company. It's it's going to like everything else. It'll get disrupted, I'm sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, now. Uh, here's here's an interesting article I just pulled yeah. up talking about about uh, Snapchat. Uh, apparently, right before they did their IPO, which was in 2016, and they went public was uh, Snap as their uh, stock symbol. Google made an offer to them also for 30 billion dollars, and uh, Evan Spiegel turned that one down also. 
So they were offered $30 billion by Google, who does not own a social network other than the uh, dead, 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 dead Google Plus network. Um, so that that's interesting to me that they turned that one down too for $30 billion. Uh, that's I, I would have taken that shit. I would have taken that $30 billion <laughs> and I would have lived like a king for the rest of my days. Like thirty, yeah. That that's that's kind. Of, that's that's Oprah money. That seems like a fair. That seems like a fair offer. Thirty billion. That's a fair offer. I mean, you're in a you're in a competitive space where people can just copy your features. At that point, they'd already copied the features. I mean, in 2016, they were already. Uh, that I think that you know Instagram and Facebook had already started copying back uh, at that point. So that's interesting. So let me ask you this: If you had fascinating, if you if you had thirty billion dollars, and like at the end of the day, you would end up probably after your payouts and everything, you'd probably end up with about ten billion, right? You could probably spend a million. He's not going to get all of that. He's, there's a lot of investors. Yeah, no, He'll uh, get a good yeah, chunk. But, of okay, that. let's say let's yeah. say you walk away with like ten billion or 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 seven billion, right? Okay. Right? Okay. Which means you could probably spend a million dollars a day every day of your life and still have probably the principal left over. Uh, I guess the, the downside though is that you're only like one twentieth uh, to Jeff Bezos's wealth, so you you have a long way to go to catch Bezos. That, uh, so that's the downside. That the so downside. If you want to be the richest person in the world, seven billion is just not enough. That's true, but but the the question is what. Would you? Can you live off seven billion? I could live. I could. I could. I. I would economize. <laughs> I would downsize, and uh, you know that way I'd make it go further. What would be? What would be the first thing that you would do if you had that type of money? What would you do? That's a God. That's a great, great question because most of my purchases right now are with the intention of acquiring more wealth. So it's like in, I'm typically I'm spending my money on investing in my business or investing in the market or investing in these different things. So at that point, really, even if you think about it, if you have $7 billion, like it, you could you could keep a little bit of it invested to keep the money going. But I mean, really at that point, it, it becomes more of a luxury and it, it's time to start spending. So I guess uh, the first thing I would do is is get on my, my world tour trip um, and travel because I mean, at the end of the day, let's uh, let's see what are we gonna what are we gonna do with uh, how are we gonna spend this money? So I'd like to see the world. I'd like to uh, to have uh, you know a nice uh, a nice house and things like that. But uh, you know I don't need um, you know I don't need to have like new VR goggles every single day because the ones I wore yesterday have a smear on them or something. So <laughs> I would uh, I would have to say the the first thing that I would do. Um, is I would probably get just the most decked out RV. I would get like the coolest RV, and uh, I, I I too would probably you know travel. I, I I would take a year off and I'd really design my business to be exactly the way that I want. I would hire the best like people to really build my business, um, and then what I would probably do is I would create some sort of way that uh i would want my life dream to become a reality which is uh free internet for the planet absolutely free internet for the planet because uh i believe that if we had free internet for the planet uh then women globally would be able to run their own businesses so i would create a mechanism that women could learn how to run their own businesses from nothing but a cell phone and uh and exchange money and information and uh, do it in an unfiltered way. And I think that if we had free internet on this planet, then the uh, the planet would be truly free and open for business for everyone. And it would be an equal playing field. That's what I would want to do. 
So free internet, would that look like some sort of a, um, I mean, are we talking like a cellular network? Because I, I guess like really to get it across, you're not going to find Wi-Fi that way. So it'd have to be like a 3G, 4G, 5G network type of what thing, I, right? What I envision is, is some sort of device that would be like a 5G sort of transmitter that you could put on your roof and connect to other uh, 5G transmitters that were within line of sight. And the more that you had, the bigger the network would be, the stronger that it would be boosted. And then I would use blockchain technology to basically exchange information so it would be completely encoded. So what I'm talking about is is really creating a, a, a secondary level of the internet that would be completely free and open and uh, encoded. And all of the data would be in the cloud and be transferred via the blockchain. Interesting. So what, uh, speaking of the blockchain, so if anyone that doesn't know, blockchain is the technology, the underlying technology behind the cryptocurrency market. Um, that's what's behind Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, Litecoin, all the, all the ones you probably read about in the news. So what, so Andres, at this point with the crypto market, I know it's been, it's been kind of tanking again. It's been, it's been up and down this year, but it's, I think it's trading right now, um, in the high 5,000, like I'm talking Bitcoin here to the high 5,000, low 6,000 range. It's been where yeah. it's hovering. What is your what's your vision on that? Do you think that that is um, is done as a, as far as an investment goes? But is it have a big bright future in the technology space, or what's your take? I, on I that? think I think I think the technology is solid. The technology has a lot of potential. I think it's it, actually I think it's the most disruptive technology out there right now. People just don't know what to do with it, and uh, the problem still exists, which has always existed, which is until I can go to the gas station and pay for something in Bitcoin, fill up my gas tank, go to the grocery store and buy groceries with Bitcoin. Until that day happens, it's never going to really get a foothold into uh, major you know, investments and uh, be kind of a long-term solution for anybody. However, I, I do think that if the American economy collapses, which is very possible, or if the euro collapses, I think that people are going to suddenly invest into cryptocurrencies and you're going to see them spike tremendously. So, um, you know, I've got I've got about 500 bucks in Bitcoin. It's now down to like 450. And, uh, you know, if I lose it or it evaporates, that's the way it goes. But I think that I think that Bitcoin is one of these things that people are just going to hang on to forever. So I don't think it's going to go much lower because there are a lot of true believers that are just hanging on to Bitcoin until it starts to soar. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But it's it's funny you, you bring up um, yeah the the making this actually work in the real world and 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 there's also the, still the dilemma that although the technology is spread across uh, the world and the tech, like Bitcoin technology is unhackable um, the exchanges are hackable still so that's that's like the bigger dilemma right now is you have these exchanges like recently there was one in Korea or uh, South Korea that got hacked. And, uh, you know, uh, millions of dollars were lost or hundreds of millions, I think, were lost in cryptocurrency. So that's the, the, the problem with crypto right now still is figuring out, OK, so we have technology now that is like this unhackable. It's spread over its servers across the planet. But how do we protect the exchanges where people are, you know, buying and selling their um, their coin? Yeah. So that's I think that's the, the that, that is still the issue. And so I don't know. I mean. We'll, we'll see how that plays off, uh, plays out in the next few years. All right. So we got to wrap it up. But uh, uh, do you have any uh, marketing news or advice you want to share before we close up? What's your favorite marketing technique of the week? 
Favorite marketing technique? Uh, start a podcast. I mean, come on, do what we're doing. You know, we're just a, we're having a little bit of fun here. We're running a, we're running a podcast. We're hoping one or two of you will give it a listen. Uh, enjoy enjoy what we have to say. But I think uh, I think the idea behind the podcast is that you can create your own show. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a podcast, but it could be like a Facebook Live uh, episode every week. It could be a podcast. It could be a blog. You want to create some sort of network where you're getting your message out to your people um, and you're also building authority with your brand. And although we're probably ruining our authority with uh, <laughs> <laughs> some of the uh, <laughs> some of the crap we talk about here, we're having a good time. Uh, it, it's it's really, I mean, it, it's a great way of getting your message out there. And I, I do think that every brand should have some sort of show on, um, putting their message out again. So that's either it's either going to be the audio network, which will be podcasting, it'll be visual, which will be video, or it's going to be written, right. which yeah. will be so a blog. Content, so content creation, and don't be afraid to make stuff and be terrible. Uh, because you know, as I, yeah, because we're only going to get better. Obviously, we're we're getting better every right. single that's day. Right. And 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 you know what? One man's bullshit is another man's fertilizer. So or woman's, I don't know. Yeah, no, and we, you know, if you if you listen to us, there's there's some good nuggets every week. We're gonna have a few good nuggets. We we do go on tangents. We do a lot of this stuff, but we have, like I said, we have a good time. Uh, this is uh, this is a lot of fun for us. And there are, I mean, we you know we between the two of us. Um, you give us, you get us on stage for an hour, and you're gonna get like three solid nuggets of at least, at least three. <laughs> All right, well that uh, concludes this week's episode of the Marketing Geeks. And uh, what do you want to hear? What makes you geeky? I want to know. Hiring minds going to. I want to know. I want to know. I want to hear. I want to hear exactly what it is. And I'm excited. Uh, join us again next week. The show will air every single week. It's amazing. It's amazing. Good night, all. From From, Camarillo. From the Netherlands. Stay, Stay classy. Stay classy. Stay classy. Stay classy. Are they still listening? They're still here. The show's over. Go home. The show's over.